everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Young Ambiguous Podcast. Uh, today in the, what are we? We're in the office of Peyton Derrick. Um, she is a writer. She's also a Bachelor and Bachelorette fan. Should that be flipped though? Should it be Bachelorette first? No, that okay. works. Either so one. It works. Uh, really likes ABC's, ABC's trash shows. She's <laughs> also uh, very smart, and I think she has a wonderful critical mind in the way that she looks at and judges media. And I thought she'd be a perfect person to have on this show to talk about it. So welcome, Peyton Derrick. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for, for being on the uh, show with me. Uh, media. There's all kinds of different types. There's all kinds of different... Uh, versions and uh, perversions and persuasions and all that stuff but um, let's just jump into it I, I use it as your intro because it's what really intrigues me the scope mm-hmm. of media that you can consu- consume okay. right as a writer I really respect that, that that's a goal that you have that you're working on projects like that but you're also like really into the bachelor mm-hmm. and I don't understand can you explain that to me and anybody else who might be confused well I'm into the bachelor yes yeah so I'm not really like a reality tv like nut which is a funny thing but I do love the bachelor um I was sort of raised on it um I don't know I can't think of a Monday night I wasn't watching the bachelor with my mom and my sisters I'm in a house of all girls so like yeah I could we, we like to do it. it I mean my dad watched it too not trying to there's lots of guys who are into it yeah so i don't I, think it's a gender thing we used to make fun of it because he would like our constant joke was that he would like be holding a book upside down in like a chair and be like <laughs> no nah, i hate this show i'm just sitting down here um but yeah i don't know how to explain it they suck you in the way they get you is like most of the time a bachelor um is chosen from the batch of the bachelorette yeah they swap back and, and then, forth right yeah and then the bachelorette is chosen from the women that were on the bachelor is it always the last person or is it just the most no. interesting oh i mean it's not usually the most interesting it's just whoever abc deems like worthy which is often interesting <laughs> who was who was the really awful one I think the last batch everybody hated Ari Ari yeah Yeah, which I actually didn't mind Ari that much oh that's kind of yeah that's probably a hot take it kind of is nobody liked him because I mean he's older a little bit like dad bod um kind of just like out of the franchise but I kind of appreciated that nice because he wasn't as my thought is is the host name is Chris right Mm -hmm. is he ever gonna be is he married He's divorced and he has children, uh, but he's like, I listen to a lot of podcasts okay. <laughs> about on The Bachelor, um, and he was on a show with Caitlin Bristow, who was The Bachelorette a couple seasons ago, and he was on for like two and a half hours, um, wow. and when asked about that, he said he's just like too close to it. Like he's the host, but he's also like pretty heavily into like the production of it, uh, so he's just like, I know too much, I couldn't do it. He's also dating Lauren Zima now, who's an E! News, like... Um, Basically, she does recaps of The Bachelor, oh. which is really funny. Hmm. She got really involved, apparently. So he's in a in relationship, so it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. So other than nostalgia, though, mm-hmm. is there anything compelling about that show? Because on the surface, right, mm-hmm. when I look at it, it's 20-some or 30-some women. Like yeah. 25 to 30. 25 to 30 mm-hmm. women, ranging in age, yeah. who show up, or men, because mm-hmm. The Bachelor yeah, is yeah. the opposite. Um trying to fall in love in what 
three, four months? Is that the time span? <laughs> Probably closer to like six to eight weeks. So, okay, so there's maybe two months. Yeah. And they're supposed to know if mm-hmm. they love each other. And even of that, like two months, you're only getting maybe like eight hours of time when you put it all together with the lead. Wow. Because it's all separated into dates and stuff. Wow. Fun fact, when you watch football, there's only actually like four or five minutes mm. of action, of actual football That's being played. That's very interesting. So it's very similar ratio. Yeah. Like six to eight weeks and yeah. only with the so, person eight hours. Conclusion, Bachelor is the same as football. Okay. That unlocks some <laughs> things in my brain, though. Because a lot of it is the the pomp and stance and the yeah. drama and all of that. There actually is a that. strange amount of overlap of, like, the sports world and Bachelor world. Like, a lot yeah. of places, like The Ringer, which, like, kind of started as, like, a sports... Um, Did they do a thing on The Bachelor? Yeah. They're, like, what? all super into The Bachelor and they have a podcast and, like, it's it's fascinating. Is there, like, gambling as well? There's, like, leagues and, like, uh, like brackets. Like a fantasy where yeah. you, like, pick? Yeah. This current Bachelor hmm. was a... Or, like... The Bachelor just ended. Colton, he was like, a, um, he was a football player. He was just like a practice guy. I don't know what it's called. Oh, like, like a, just a bench guy. Yeah, but he he came from the NFL, quote unquote. Hmm. It's a story. That's very interesting because I, obviously, it's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and I just never really understood why people get so into it because mm-hmm. on the surface it looks so. Um, messed up yeah it does but like it people love it yeah and like i guess since again since i was raised on it like it didn't really dawn on me how weird it was i guess until like i got in a relationship (laughs) and i was like what the heck am i watching what is this (laughs) like this whole season was based on like uh because colton 26 he's like a virgin this whole season was based on like will he lose his virginity during during the (laughs) show yeah and it's like brought up every show every Uh episode and it's like really messed up and like just intrusive was um, that, what was his reasoning for that? Was it just it didn't happen? He he's, yeah he's, he said he was very uh, focused on his career, which is very interesting to me. In football, yeah, as a bench warmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways. maybe he's trying to get off the bench. <laughs> maybe right. Yeah, and, and athletes say that can really screw things up. Sure, that's the whole thing. I've I've heard World Cup soccer players yeah. can't. They're not allowed. Their wives aren't allowed mm. in their rooms. Wow. Before the like big games. That's insane. I've never heard that, but that that sheds some light on it. I mean, well, testosterone's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, okay, so it, the Bachelor in Paradise is the same thing, but just okay in Paradise. I actually I respect Bachelor in Paradise a little bit more. So Bachelor in Paradise is like basically like Bachelor All Stars. So they bring out uh, like a bunch of losers, not losers, but people who didn't win. Losers. And yeah, and they like trap them on a resort in Mexico. And to me, there's like a lot more organic relationships that form out of that because yeah. it's just like it's not just one person. Yeah, everybody's and they have for. so much time to hang out. Okay. But like, what I find so fascinating about like the Bachelor, Bachelor at all of those is like these producers take like hours and hours of footage to, and they make a cohesive story out of it yeah and like every relationship has its own like arc and just like the editing of that is like fascinating to me do you think though is any of that stuff staged um i wouldn't say it was, it's staged like or it's handled or steered the produce it's very steered okay. the producers like everyone gets assigned a producer and oh. they become like your best friend but at the end of the day, their job is to make, like, wow. a good show. So they're not going to force you to do anything, but they'll be like, I don't know. They're not going to stop you. <laughs> what do you think about this girl? <laughs> Pretty annoying, huh? 
And then, but the show will just show like, you know, so I it's hate like her. Real, real Inception. Yeah. She'll so say like, like it's all real yeah, things. Yeah, she is saying. kind of annoying. And then yeah. they'll be like, dive into that. Tell me a yeah. more why. And it's the same thing. Same way like relationships go in real life. Like people can pull different. Yeah. Things out of you, but just the producers are really good at what they do. It's like having a therapist or a counselor who doesn't care about HIPAA mm-hmm. or about your health or sure. emotional well-being. Yeah, they're just exactly. like pulling it out, and they're like, "Yeah, hmm, okay, use that on camera next yeah, time." Yeah, that's impressive to me because I think like if someone was recording my whole life, like what storylines would they pull from it? Oh, I that you know what I mean. That is a nightmare and cripples me with fear <laughs> when I think about like what other people mm-hmm. observe about my life. Yeah, like what what would they think? Mm-hmm. If if somebody, an outside observ- observer, had to narrate or describe or put together the story of my life, like, that freaks me out. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> like, you're having a Truman Show situation right now? I think about it. I think about that show, <laughs> that movie, way too much. It's really freaky thinking about that, but that's what a lot sure. of these reality stars um, kind of sign up for, mm-hmm. though. I do respect the lady... Who faked an Australian accent? Mm-hmm. Was that this season? Yeah, it was. I just Brie. just saw a commercial and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Props to her." Yeah, I mean, what I really like about the show, especially in like more recent years, it's it's like not taking itself as seriously as it used to. Ah. Like it kind of knows like what it is now, and it kind of plays yeah. on it. It's getting kind of meta, and especially Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> is very like comic, like driven. Yeah. Like it's a very comedic edit. So, like, that's why I really enjoy Paradise. More than the other two. Mm-hmm. Do they have a, like, decent success rate? For couples in Paradise? Because people, have, well, no, just in general, the whole oh, series. Do okay. they stay ba- married? Bachelors have really bad success rates. Bachelorettes oh. have much better success rates. There's one bachelor who's still with his girl he picked. Wow. Isn't it been, like, 15 years? <laughs> yeah. There's another one, Ari. He married his, the girl... But it wasn't the girl he picked. He picked a girl and then a couple weeks later dumped her and picked the runner-up. So, like, mm. he's married to his girl, but it doesn't really count because it's not the girl he picked. Is that legal? I mean, anything goes. I guess they don't sign a contract that they're going to marry who they Yeah, pick. and that's kind of become the issue in past years is, like, so many people keep breaking from the format. So now if we have a show that's just, like, straight to the format, it's going to feel really boring because Colton broke the format what as did he well. Do? So he got dumped during Fantasy Suites. And basically, he decided that was the girl he wanted, so he like quit the show. It's like I'm done. Did he? Really? And that was the fence jump. Yeah. Wait, Notorious. I thought it was like I thought that was the like finale though. Isn't that like the final two, or is that final? Final three. So there are three girls. Whoa. And so he went and dumped the other girls, and then went to get the other, went to get Cassie, back. Did she come back? Too? She did. Don't ask me my opinions on it. <laughs> well, I guess you have. Plenty. I have a lot of them. I, I have conflicting opinions. You think it's a. It's good and bad in a lot of ways. Yeah, I genuinely want them to be happy, but at the same time, uh, Cassie talked about like her history of like emotional abuse from boyfriends, and then this guy who she broke up with is coming back with a camera crew, and he says, "Hey, I want to be with you. Also, my family's in Spain, and they want to meet you." Yeah. So yes or no, like <laughs> I would feel pressure. That's a little bit of arm twisting. Yeah, but they which, seem happy now. Which I've heard is very like messed up because that happened to Cardi B at a mm. concert. Offset, like, made her a cake and, like, crashed Dang. her concert. I did see that. And, like, yeah, you learn something That's new wild. every day. So what do you think, as a culture, though, why do you think so many people 
get sucked into it is it just because of the like arcs that it's pulling from or the themes that it's pulling from of like love and romance but Mm -hmm. also like drama is it just pulling in the right elements i think so people just get attached to it and like i kind of like hate watch it and i don't want to make a comment of like oh i'm more intelligent so i see like the underlying themes and the way they're doing stuff but some people like in the live showings like the finale they always have it in like a big studio audience and like people will cry which like mind-boggling I am so not invested in these relationships in that kind of way. But these people are crying. So I don't get that reaction from it. So I don't understand the people who are, like, really, really invested in it. But I enjoy, like, the behind the scenes. Like, how does this happen? I like listening to podcasts on it and, like, commentary. I think it's crazy, though, too, because, like, and I want to start talking a little bit about uh, another thing that intrigued me, I saw online, sure. you had your Oscar picks mm-hmm. versus your Oscar takes, mm-hmm. which was interesting and showed uh, me a lot of depth because I never really, everybody just shows, oh, this is what I want to win. Mm-hmm. And and you were like, this is what I think the Academy's going to pick. Yeah. And here's what I think should win, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, but on a certain level, <clears throat> most media is, you know, planned, put together, built for the purpose of like entertaining mm-hmm. us and keeping our attention and blah mm-hmm. blah blah and so the fact that um a show like that can grab the attention for the length that it has but also like draw out real emotions from people mm-hmm. it's pretty you know you kind of have to throw them a bone there yeah because it's like it's a live show they've been these people have been handled by their producer counselors to you know cause a reaction mm-hmm. and they're not like trained actors yeah. at least on the totally. surface you don't think that yeah and then they get these you know people cry in oscar worthy movies but then people also cry at the bachelor yeah. so it's fascinating which which tears are worth more great question you know like if you bottled them and had to sell them <laughs> just kidding that's weird <laughs> see what i'm saying like outside observers they listen to that and my life is it's a whole nother projection that there's gonna go um, so with that, though, with, like, governing bodies and award shows and, and media, like, elite mm-hmm. people who make these decisions about awards, right? So if, the, if we're looking at media, at least, like, visual audio, mm-hmm. like, video media, movies and TV shows and stuff, there's kind of the spectrum of, like, trash television, mm-hmm. you know, like Bravo, yeah. or... Um, academy award winning actors and actresses and stuff Mm -hmm. so um i was very intrigued by your takes what did you actually think of the actual award show like when it actually aired and showed up like Mm -hmm. did you think they needed a host did you like who won awards first of all i don't think they needed a host no i didn't notice the absence of one well which is the most fascinating my big thing was if you just have those three amazing comedic geniuses Mm open every award thing mm. we're fine mm. if you just keep putting tina fey and um maya rudolph and leslie nope that's her name <laughs> leslie <now>. nope <laughs> if you just keep putting them all on on screen yeah you put a can you put them in front of a camera i'll watch whatever they do amen for the rest of my life well that's an excellent segue into my issues with the awards the academy <laughs> yeah go for it dive right in so um a lot of people, and this is like a super simple way of putting it, but they say like the Oscars are like a popularity contest or like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very political. 
and like um not political in a sense if they're trying to make a political statement but political of like there's a subculture to it of yep. the people who vote um and it's really fascinating because that's a whole like underground um business is like campaigning for the oscars yeah which like a lot of people don't know that like i didn't know that until like two years ago yeah um so i was just reading the other day uh roma which great movie and this doesn't at all take away from like the Love merit that. of that film yeah, yeah. but they had they devoted 25 million dollars to campaigning oh, for wow. oscars well netflix really wants to win one yeah for a movie like best mm-hmm. movie or best foreign film or something mm-hmm. so like these um the people in the academy who get the you know the screeners sent to their house they get like goodie bags like merch like it yeah it's like a bribery kind of thing and um what you're saying about like if those three on in front of a camera i'll watch it um some people will vote for people just because they've seen them in other films that's true like that's very true yeah i voted for glenn close because i liked her in this movie or like but that's like me saying i'm gonna yeah. vote for tony collette because i liked her in hereditary but she's up for velvet buzzsaw which was a trash movie <laughs> it was terrible but she's yeah. really good in hereditary though and she's not she's not up for that so i'm just i'll still put my vote in nobody was good in hereditary that movie was terrible are you serious and horrifying and should never be shown ever again because it's too I'm scary feelings it's too scary it's not oh. right it's I, disturbing for a week and a half i was scared that naked people were gonna be in my house <laughs> In the corners, in the shadows. I, I really like her. I turned on lights at 6 a.m. to feed my animals because I was scared. Man. See, but again, with Hereditary, I'm an A24 nut. So that's a production company. If A24 puts out anything, You'll I will like watch it. it. I mean, I like Netflix stuff. <laughs> yeah. Even though people don't like a lot of their movies mm-hmm. that they've made so far, they're still making amazing. Like, Bird Box was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it, it broke records for their streaming service. Um, Bright never really got that much love, but I thought it was R. a R. good P. movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it had a yeah. decent story, a pretty good cast. Like, mm. it wasn't the best sure. movie. I'm not going to say it should have won awards, but I enjoyed it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's enjoyable. I think Netflix is pulling, pull, putting out quality movies, just like Marvel is putting out quality movies. It's yeah. not everybody's cup of tea. Sure. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, every time they really put out a superhero movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't, just because it's not your favorite movie... Or it doesn't move you in a certain way. It doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of frustrates me with these people picking these awards, right? We've put the Academy, we've put the Hollywood Foreign Press, we put these award bodies at this like precipice of mm-hmm. um, media and say whatever they deem is good is mm-hmm. good. But the underlying thing is they're just voting mm-hmm. and they're being bribed, like left, yeah. left, right, and center. I mean, you want to hear an interesting statistic? The year 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture, which, again, great film. Yeah. Not taking away from its merit. Only 60% of the voters saw that film. How did it win? You tell me. <laughs> so that's what that's what just bothers me, right, is that so much stock used to be put on that award mm-hmm. and still is. Like, it's, an, it's sure. an amazing feat, and if you get it, I'm not detracting from people who've won that award, mm-hmm. but I think there's so many problems with a system like that mm-hmm. where it's like open knowledge that people yeah. can be bribed and persuaded. Yeah. And like I've heard that people actually pay for advertising that's 
like specifically targets people in those bodies mm-hmm. too. It's like for your consideration. Like all yeah. the billboards in Los Angeles will say like a movie for your consideration. That's not for my consideration. That's yeah. for the Academy's consideration. Which there's this people who like who are these people? Mm-hmm. Right? And how do they get to be on this board? Like industry gurus, but, but that's why that's why I don't Some of them work for certain production companies and it's like, well, you gonna vote for your home team? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I don't it just doesn't make sense to me. I think a lot of these decisions are being made in like in the in the dark in the secret and if people Mm -hmm. actually knew how it was made they'd be like i don't care about this well people hold their opinion above their own opinion yeah which that's what i hate like a lot of movie critics get like super stuffy about it like these this movie's good because i said it is this one's not because i said it's not Mm. and like you can't enjoy this yeah but like in my opinion like enjoy what you enjoy and do it proudly like i don't respect people who put others down for their opinions in movies but then i also don't really respect people who pretend they like moonlight when really like they watched it and were like i got nothing from that yeah and that's the other thing though too a movie like moonlight is going to hit certain demographics Mm -hmm. way harder and way more specifically than the general population Mm -hmm. right that's why i love h24 so much because it focuses on like very specific stories and Mm. very narrow viewpoints like hereditary it's about one family uh moonlight it's about uh one boy man throughout three stages of his life um eighth grade that's an a24 film it's about one Whoa. girl a specific viewpoint you know what i mean like i think i do like that production company yeah i'm sure I you just do. don't like hereditary <laughs> it freaked me out Gosh. i enjoyed it um it's like just such a specific viewpoint and it doesn't work for everyone yeah but like i, I like that because you're taking a risk yeah no I, I understand and it will resonate more with you, and when you do that, though, you are letting those people being like those people be seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important, which I don't know if you've heard, I guess, um, Netflix is canceling a very successful show. Shoot. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a big deal because they're like, oh, we regretfully made this decision. I think they have four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um it's about a um, Latin family, I think. I have no clue what the name is. But in my mind, mm-hmm. it's like if it's a, a, a show that is quality and it has a diversity effort because they're like, sorry, you know, if you've been if you felt represented and, mm-hmm. and you feel seen by this show, we're, we're so happy we were able to bring it to you, but we can't do it anymore. It's like, but you could. You're just choosing not to because not as many people are watching it as yeah. you'd like. Sure. But you could be making that niche content for yeah. these people. So just like they made The Punisher and like there's like 20 guys who watch that show. And like yeah. <laughs> everybody else is like, more Jessica Jones, please. But <laughs> I just, I, I think media as a whole, as a business, as an organization, as a, you know, award governing bodies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. They're just so, everything's done in the dark. Sure. And secret. But it's like, no, we know you guys are just being messed up. Yeah. Which brings me to my question, diversity, question mark. <laughs> Do you think that is not like the the miracle cure, though? I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to cure everything. But do you see areas of need with that? Do you think like that's something that needs to be worked on and continue to like be fleshed out? Mm hmm. Yes. I mean, obviously, I do. in what ways? Um, then? Elaborate. What do you what do you see? as important or like ways that that needs to continue um i think and this is something that's like starting to be recognized but like we were talking earlier like 
a lot of the time people of color are used as like decoration around the mm. white main usually duo and like you'll add in some people to get like your like woke points yeah instead of like really investing into like different stories um and then it goes into someone posted the other day like me as like a white woman i don't need to be the voice for like a black woman i need to pass the mic hmm. you know what i mean um but for myself as like a writer i don't really know how to do that <laughs> yeah um because like you said these very um underrepresented shows sometimes don't have the best following yeah um yeah. so our companies willing to make the sacrifice in order to tell these stories and in most cases they're not yeah i think too another aspect because diversity includes a lot of things right mm -hmm. it's race it's gender it's sexual orientation it's a, it's a lot of mm -hmm. different things that need to be included sure um more frequently and i think i 100 percent agree with your um statement there that you kind of you've heard that passing the mic is better than trying to mm -hmm. like fake the front and and sure. do it yourself um but i think part of of what it is to be inclusive is to realize like things are going to be different mm -hmm. you know and recently there was some remakes um and movies that had female leads and yeah. um one of the big ones was what what men want yeah. versus what women want mm -hmm. and like I guess that movie didn't do very well. Yeah. Did you watch it? I didn't. No. I didn't watch it either. Because I think that that is like a kind of a tired, mm -hmm. whatever. It's a remake, basically. Yeah. Um, which I don't have any problems with remakes. Yeah. I just didn't, like, think that movie was going to be very funny. So I didn't want to go spend money at the theater. Yeah. If it shows up on Netflix, yeah, yeah. I'll watch it. Sure. And I think that's one aspect that needs to be thought of in this yeah. is that some people like some movies whether it's a male or female lead could be make or break but i think mm -hmm. it's more like it's more about the content of the movie yeah. if it's something refreshing like girls trip sure it's gonna blow up <laughs> right yeah um and then what's the one where they're like it's a bachelorette party is that girls trip yeah well no girls trip is different i think you're thinking of rough night Rough, the one that has like a bunch of Scarlett like, Johansson. Maybe. Talking bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Okay. That's the one. So there's bridesmaids. Blew up. Huge. Yeah. Like Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. <laughs> bunch of other people yeah. that I don't remember their names. Yeah. And then you also have Girls Trip. Um, and so both of those movies did really well. Mm -hmm. And so I think when there's fresh content and there's like diversity with female leads yeah. and people of color and leads and all of those different things playing into and sexual orientations all kinds of different ones being represented i think you can really burst into because mm -hmm. people are hungry for that yeah whether you're in those communities that are underrepresented mm -hmm. you want to go like black yeah. panther shattered the records of yeah, every movie absolutely. right so it's like people want to go yeah see that and see themselves included but mm -hmm. then people who have been included mm -hmm. in superhero movies for their entire life they're like hey yeah. another superhero movie yeah i'm gonna go watch it sure. you know so i think you kind of capture both markets when you do mm -hmm. it that way you just have to do it justice yeah. and give it the 
Yeah. The same energy you give other movies. Yeah. And I do have, like, I, I take a little bit of issue with, like, remakes that just, like, put women in. It's, it's just so cheap. Yeah. Like, let's do Goosebumps. What, not Goosebumps. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. But with women. Hey, Goosebumps like, was a yeah, not very – it didn't do very well, I don't think, but it was good. It made a comeback. But, yeah, it just feels, like, cheap. Like, let's – Yeah. Uh, Ocean's 8 or whatever. Yes. Ocean's 11. Uh, let's let's do it, but with women. Yeah. Like, can, can women do the same like, thing? Yeah. Can we, can we start a new – story yeah like and that's why like something like spider-verse one of my favorite movies awesome from 2018 movie. it was so good but for a long time people thought of miles morales as like he's like a spider-man of color yeah he's a and that was just hire. like who he was but like they gave him a story they gave him a family and like it was like a really special movie for a lot of people yeah you know and it was well done like if and that's what i'm saying i think if you give the same energy funding support yeah to diversity their ideas mm -hmm. to the to the ass like the thought like okay we're gonna make a fresh new movie what are some of the ideas that are on the table i think there's a movie coming out i mean i really wish i knew people's names better um i think Issa ray is gonna be in it and the girl um from blackish mm-hmm um, the young girl, though. The twin girl. Yeah, yeah, She has her own production company, by the way. I really need to look up her Seriously? name. Because she's amazing. Are you talking about Little? Well, she's like 12 or No, is that the show? I mean, the movie you're talking about? Yeah, where they switch yeah. bodies. But isn't that just a remake of Big? Maybe. I don't know what Big is. I didn't watch <laughs> Like Big. Tom Hanks? Is that it? He switches with a kid? No, he becomes an adult. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was just a remake of Big, but with a black woman. Maybe. And it's Little now. Oh, well, that makes me feel That's, less excited about it. I don't know. It. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a very similar premise, but I just thought it was like a remake. Again, like a cash grab uh, remake. Yeah, because she becomes a little person. I thought she switched with her assistant, which would kind of be like a Freaky Friday no, big I, I Carlson. Think it's big. <laughs> I was really excited about a fresh new idea coming yeah. from a woman of color, but squash. No, but you know what I mean? I think if you give the same effort, you'll get the same sure. return that you've yeah, always gotten yeah. on those creative works, but it's just not just counting on the same tried and true, like, mm -hmm. oh, this person's done it 50 times. Because, like, um, I think that's a big thing that Ava DuVernay is doing. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. She has, a di like, almost a different director every mm -hmm. single week on Big, big Sugar. I don't know what it's called. I only watch her movies. I didn't know she had a Queen Sugar, that's what it's called, on the OWN network. I don't okay. have cable, so I don't get to watch any of them. But... <laughs> She has a different female director for each episode, mm. and I think it brings something fresh to your work when you're able to allow people to just be themselves and be yeah creative, yeah you know, with all of their different things. But I think diversity is a huge thing people are going to start tackling, because mm -hmm. I think we're barely having the conversation right yeah. now. Um, and uh, one of our our favorite directors, Bo Burnham. Is he a writer or a director? I mean, he's a comedian, technically, but he, he wrote and directed eighth grade. Um, <laughs> great movie, by the way. Yeah, loved it. Um, but he was saying something about the cost, you know, that needs to be paid with that. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, we'll just keep, you know, throwing the bones when we have them and, and letting people, you mm -hmm. know, get the scraps. But I think it's going to be, you know, okay, some privileges are going to dial back so that everything... Mm -hmm. you know can be made equal but you know that's just me i don't know 
No, I'm with you. I'm not a media big wig at Netflix. <laughs> Though I have been on set for a couple Netflix shows. Have you? You know. For what? I was at a recording of uh, Chelsea Handley's Handler. Oh, yeah. Sure, her show. Wow. Before it got canceled. Nice. Couldn't get in at Kimmel or something? Uh, <laughs> no, but I did get on Conan. Oh, okay. But he's not Netflix, though. He's no, yeah. cable. But that was fun. Mila Kunins was there. Kunins? Is that not Kunis. Kunis? <laughs> That's well, okay. She's really, she's married to Kelso, so yeah. just being mm-hmm. Mila Kelso. Like Ashton Kutcher, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> he's actually like in the tech sector now. I don't even think he acts yeah. anymore. When I, when I hear Kelso, I th- still think uh, like Dr. Kelso, like Scrubs. Oh. But Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis love uh, Bachelorette, just to huh. keep it on brand. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. They've been on. So we've kind of talked about a bunch of different aspects and both spectrums of, of media, but media is just a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's inherently good or bad. What do you What do you think? Do you think there's good and bad intentions? Like, do you think media is doing its job like what do you what do you think on some of those Um, thoughts i'm probably quite naive for thinking this but i I like to believe that people's intentions are never evil they might not be completely pure but i like to believe at least like i don't know the people who made ghostbusters i like the the new one i like to believe they were like Let's make a funny, nostalgic reminder of, I keep wanting to say Goosebumps, Ghostbusters, but, like, feature some awesome yeah. uh, female comedians. I like to think that. If, that. if that's really, it's probably not what happens with all people, but um, I don't know. And here's my other thing. I never want to mm. discredit, like, the merit of, like, the people who are actually doing the work. Like, obviously, like, yeah. the head honchos at the production companies or whatever like make these big decisions but like there's i there's still gonna be a director that's putting their heart into it there's gonna be writers that are putting their heart into it yeah. you know what i mean there's still gonna be craft Editors. services people just like yeah going for it making tiny yeah. sandwiches and that's why like, exactly and that's why i loved like a uh, disaster artist so much because like mm-hmm. the room hilariously bad movie but like still a bunch of work went into it with a bunch of talented people um so I never like to discredit an entire movie because of like, yeah. And then you also get into the thing of like, do you discredit a movie due to um, due to <laughs> <laughs> due to um, circumstances surrounding it? Bohemian Rhapsody's director. Um, what did he do? Of course, he was called out during the Me Too movement. Oh. <laughs> um, Brian Singer, I believe. Um, look at Green Book. Mm. A lot of people have called that film out for being a white savior movie. Um, I mean, eh. you can't teach a black person how to eat fried chicken and not (laughs) think that it's a white savior movie. Gosh. Seth Meyers has a great clip on that. I was just going to bring that up. (laughs) He hits the nail on the head so well. It's so funny. He's like, I I fixed your mic. Yeah. It It was me. Yeah. But then I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna discredit. I think Octavia Spencer directed or produced that movie. Yeah, she was on stage. So I'm not gonna discredit 
her work and, and what I'm she did. I'm not going to try and say his name, but he kicked butt and won another Academy Award. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't want to discredit, like, an entire group of people because, like, there's some, like, sketchy stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it does come into, like, how do we want to look at film? Do we want to look at it for its cultural impact and, like, um, the creators behind it and their yeah. integrity? Or do we want to just look at the film? And I think you could do both, and there's, like... Yeah. Like, people... Well, that gets into a whole other subject, which could be a whole other conversation of, yeah. like, the art versus the artist. Sure. Because that... Yeah. I don't know if I have any solid opinions about that, but you mm. definitely could mute R. Kelly, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm down with that. I agree. Did you hear Pete Davidson's take on that? <laughs> hey, listen. I laughed pretty hard when I heard Pete Davidson say what he said. And I'm not going to repeat it, okay? Because I don't want the Catholic Church asking me to do any, any apology episodes. But I laughed really hard when he said it, and the fact that they're asking for an apology—it's telling. Who's asking for an apology? The Catholic Church, the New York, the the New York Archdiocese nice. is asking for an apology from nice. Pete Davidson, which he apologized to Crenshaw, um, okay, House member, yeah, Congressman. Um, Crenshaw, the one-eye guy, which I didn't watch that apology Ooh. because I think he is pretty, uh, he's got some sketchy beliefs, but whatever, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, Man, where do you have to be in the Catholic Church to be asking for an apology from Pete Davidson? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where's like, you like, like, Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think there is a lot of work um, by a lot of good people mm-hmm. that goes into these you know shows yeah. into, into production producing media um and so i i think the ultimate goal of media is to obviously entertain but it's also to communicate and share ideas and broaden your view of things mm-hmm. because the majority of people won't be able to travel and go sure. to these locations and see these things that we're able to bring visual representations into and like None of us are ever going to be James Bond spies saving the world. Sure. You know? Well, maybe. But, I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's a cool story that you can, you know, lose yourself in. Mm-hmm. Or a universe, even. Like, yeah. you know, with um, Marvel movies and all of that. Like, you can think, oh, wow, how cool would that be? And then mm-hmm. that's what I think. That's when the weight of that wheel starts spinning itself because then life begins to imitate art. Mm-hmm. And um, really into technology, kind of a okay. nerd. Okay. And that's one thing people are saying, even with like smartphones being mm-hmm. able to fold. It's like when you think of like the future, you think of like tablets and everybody's walking around, like kind of like Westworld, where the, yeah. you know, they fold out these amazing supercomputer tablet things. Sure. And like Samsung's making one. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's not the same, obviously. It's not as cool. Yeah. But it's like, that's the kind of stuff that then inspires more, you know, yeah. media and movies and like Wild. when art starts imitating life and life starts imitating art. It's mm-hmm. like the cycle of creativity and yeah. imagination can spark. Yeah. And my, my, my biggest hope is just that like more people will get platforms to, you know, yeah. make their films. Even just like making a film is like such a difficult thing to do, like to get funding for, especially if it's like you're trying to give a very narrow... Um, viewpoint on something or like uh give a very diverse story 
Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like I, I personally think it's, it sucks that Barry Jenkins wasn't up for an Oscar this year for Beale Street. I didn't watch that. Mm. Was he the director? Or yeah. Writer? He was also the director of Moonlight. So. Oh. Um. Didn't somebody win from Beale Street though? Yeah, Regina King won. Yeah, supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think she was like one of the only nominations for that whole movie. I think mm-hmm. they were also up for like cinematography. Wow. But that was it. And they had two extra spots to give out to Best Picture. And they just so, like, didn't. Why didn't they fill it? I think they had eight movies nominated and they could nominate ten. And it's that nomination confusing. is an award in itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because when artists are Grammy nominated or actresses are, you know, nominated for awards, they say that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until it's they a big get, deal. get an award, then it's like, well, Yeah, it's still a big deal, though. So. Because, like, when you rank it, right, like an MTV <laughs> Kids or Teen Choice Award is. Yeah, surfboard. Like, you win one of those, but you still want to tell people you were, like, nominated yeah. for a Grammy or an yeah. Oscar or something. Yeah, that's true. The only reason I care about those is because I want to see more people EGOT. Yeah. Which is like, is really, really hard. But Yeah, it is. Gaga's on her way. I really want her to get one. But she's, she's going for it. She got really close to getting a Tony, and I don't know what she... Unless Star is Born goes to Broadway. Yeah. There's a path. She could always do like a um, short show. Like she could go and do like a three-month show on broadway for something that would have to be award-winning quality yeah or she'd have to pay the right people exactly at the same time when are you going to be the person to keep lady gaga from her egot no and now i feel like the whole entertainment industry is going to be pushing towards that you know what i mean yeah yeah um so yeah (laughs) i just thought (laughs) vine there's short videos on twitter that replay and they're not technically vines because yeah. vine doesn't exist but anymore. they still loop but they still loop yeah. so like it's like a vine but i just thought of one, a shot when they were on stage singing and somebody said something really funny but, <laughs> um what do you think do you think media and this is kind of like where we could wind down the conversation okay. but like do you think media is overall good mm. or bad or compl- it's neutral it's equaled out as much good as bad uh, it's pretty evened out um i mean nowadays it's like hard to define what is media because like you said a six second twitter video is that considered media i watch youtubers that make great we content we even talk about youtube is that media um i don't know we give platforms to a lot of terrible people that's very true um without blinking an eye um, but also a lot of great people are coming up. I, I really love and I'm excited for more of the work of like Greta Gerwig. I loved Lady Bird. Um, gosh, there's something I was thinking of saying. Oh, yes. Something I learned about. I'm a creative writing major. And something I learned about in uh, like my classes is that like your job might not be to get across your viewpoint or like your opinions on things but just to accurately represent like another character's like life and viewpoint on things Whoa. which is very interesting and it's like that's a more objective view of like what are my opinions on this and that like no I'm, I'm trying to best represent like this main character and how they see the world um so that's it's like that's yeah weird. and it's like it's not my place to decide like is this right is this wrong I'm just like trying to present this story in this like narrow viewpoint because, like, we are humans with very narrow views. 
Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting, though, the way you just frame that, because typically you would think the author-writer, their framework is what dictates those mm. things, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what what you would see as right and wrong is what your characters would see as right and wrong or would sure. be constrained by, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting that you're even saying, no, but, but I go deeper. Yeah. And let my characters have their own morality, mm-hmm. so to speak, and their own conscience. Yeah, and a lot of the time, like, it's it's hard to separate yourself from, like, your characters. That's true. But, like, a lot of people do, and they do a great job at it. Because, well, do your characters pull a certain aspect of your personality and, and, like, go with that? Or is it kind of... I think it's impossible not to at least have, like, part of your personality. Yeah. Um, but then... I don't know, when you're writing a whole cast of characters, each of them are going to have a piece of you. Yeah, or people you know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, overall in your mind, you're like, it's okay. What, media? Media. So it's okay. It's okay. It's getting there. All right. We're seeing, I think it gets better every year. I respect well, it. Yeah. <laughs> with, with a few setbacks. <laughs> I respect it. I think my favorite quote on... Entertainment. I think it was specifically about television, but I think I've said it before on the podcast mm-hmm. too, but it's talking about how when TV first came about, every TV show is literally just to fill the time between commercials because mm-hmm. that's what TV was for. Yeah. And I love that streaming has changed that dynamic yeah. a little bit. Because I'm paying directly. I'm paying Netflix directly yeah. for them to give me content directly. Yeah. And it's not ad-supported. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast. Hey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, like, it's it's more direct to consumer from production. Yeah. So, like, they make things that they think I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Not make things that they think I want to watch. And yeah. will withstand XYZ ads to yeah. watch that. Yeah, and I think all of it just comes down to, like, I think we all just want to see, like, good stories. Like, yeah. and whatever the medium may be. I love reading, love TV, love movies, love The Bachelor. And all of those, like, I think we're just, like, so hungry for, like, a good story and for good characters to, like, see the world through. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, some of the best and, like, most, like, monumental, like, yeah. some very... Uh, official using that word but like films are just like it's the regular world but it's like a very specific and like new viewpoint of that world yes they're not doing anything with like the way the world is they're like hey there's this person and this is their life and this is the struggles and the joys that they Mm -hmm. have enjoy yeah and to me those are like the most fascinating like that's why eighth grade was so crazy yeah because it was instant nostalgia but it was also like man it must suck growing up yeah or moonlight if like if you were to tell me like if I were to try to tell you the plot of Moonlight, I probably couldn't because it's just, like, one person's very specific view of the world he lives in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's really special that people get to do that and that there's more avenues to do that. I wish I watched Moonlight. You should. I know. It's on Prime. Every time it comes up, I'm like, I should watch that. I can't believe you never watched Moonlight. I know. It's very good. It's beautiful. It's, like, beautifully shot, beautifully written. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> You're going to um, talk to me about diversity in media and you've never seen Moonlight? Listen, Who I've are watched you? lots of things, okay? <laughs> I watched Captain Marvel. It didn't even stress about it. I didn't even complain once watching it. 
Give me my badge. Just thumbs up or down. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Okay, I liked it's it too. Top top five Marvel movie. I wouldn't say that for me, but that's for that's me. That's a top ten. Well, there's all those. For me. There's like twenty movies. So okay, yeah, that's fair. You know the ones that stunk. I'll put them in top ten. It's easy to put anything in a top ten because you forget about the <laughs> not other the 20. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, that was. And rough. not Thor: Dark World. <laughs> that was just so. That's the one I cried in the theater with Billy. And I'm sure you've heard that story. Oh, because What's-His-Face died? Yeah. Loki. But you know, like, the actor was fine. <laughs> yeah. But I had emotions. Loki has died, like, in every movie. I know, and I still I still think he's probably going to come back. I don't know. He's not dead. Wasn't yeah. he alive in Ragnarok? Remember the beginning of Infinity War? Did he I think die? we were in the same theater. Did he die? Yeah. I think Thanos, oh, like, I crushed his on you. skull or something. You checked on I, like, looked over at you because I was worried. <laughs> I think that was during Spider-Man. Oh, did you check on me during the Loki scene? Yeah. Oh, man. I I, I did have some issues with the the Spider-Man scene. What was that? Spider-Man. And he went away. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, this has been really great. I'm so thankful that we had this conversation. I feel great. Yeah, me too. And I can't believe we got this whole conversation without talking about Jordan Peele. Wow, <laughs> Don't diversity. Because I'm so excited for this Thursday. I am really, comes out. really scared to watch that one. Woo, I want have to go see it. Me too. I'm scared. But I don't like horror films. Really? Well, no. it's, I've heard that it's like, well, it is horror and it has like, which I've heard it's much more gore than Get Out, but it is still yeah. like just a suspense which, movie. Which is why I like Get Out. Yeah. It wasn't gory. It was so suspenseful and just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Whereas I heard, Get Out's like. I heard Winston, Winston Duke, is that his name? Mbaku? I think so, yeah. I thought he was hilarious in the movie. He seems like he would be hilarious. I've been trying to find spoilers because I really like reading spoilers, but I haven't found anything. Very tight lip, but I'm excited. Oh, man. It looks good, but I'm mm-hmm. scared. All right, well, thank you so much, Peyton, for thank being you. on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, people, guys and girls, everybody who's listening, um, we like you. We're inclusive here at the podcast. Thanks for... Uh, listening, if you want to, this is actually pretty big for me. I would like to go to this event, but I need to have 50 um, reviews on iTunes before they let me in. So if you uh, have ever listened to this podcast, please um, leave a review on iTunes. Um, I apparently need those. Didn't care about them, really wanted them, but now I need them to get into an event. So uh, if you and your friends and everybody you know would leave me a review in a matter of minutes I would have 50 and that would be great also I've been meaning to mention that if you just tell Siri or Alexa hey Siri listen to the Young Ambiguous podcast she'll listen and she'll do it Amazing. it's it's pretty cool neither one of our phones did it but it apparently works so thank you guys and gals and everyone for listening catch you later